So then with endurance, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let's throw off any extra baggage and get rid of the sin that trips us up. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and faith's perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him and sat down at the right side of God's throne. Will you pray with me? Lord God, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, I read this passage a couple weeks ago and started to prepare, and it sent me down this Google deep dive um, trying to ask what actually are clouds. Um, This is a chapter in elementary science that we've encountered now two, maybe going on three times, and um, I've learned a few things. And, and so this is kind of the science version of the children's sermon that I'm talking to the kids obsessively, but everyone should listen because uh, you might have your guards down and you might actually learn something about clouds and maybe even about God today. Clouds are not monoliths. Even big, puffy, fancy clouds, they're actually the composite of a bunch of tiny drops in particles. Maybe more particles these days than it used to be. Um, but mostly water in some state. So to be surrounded by a cloud means you're ensconced in the whole of it, but you're also part of a a network of all the little ecosystem of parts. When I did this Google search, what are clouds made of? Or as my mother-in-law would say, Google what are clouds made of? (laughs) It yields a lot of accessible info, and it busted a few of my myths, right? Interestingly, what we see isn't actually the water vapor. Water vapor is invisible. It's the the tiny drops and it's pollution, yes, but it's also like ice crystals caused by temperature changes. Stay with me here. There's this like ongoing dynamic process of evaporation and condensation and precipitation. We have far too many scientists in this room for me to pretend like I know anything. So I'll probably stop there. But I love this idea that to enter into the world of a cloud is to be surrounded by some stuff that's visible, but mostly what's invisible around us. And I also love the idea that change makes clouds visible. Change makes clouds visible. So the writer of Hebrews, I think is kind of wise, shocker, um, to use a beautiful image of a cloud of witnesses when we're talking about this world of all saints. Witnesses of Jesus's eternal and ongoing life of hope, healing, and hospitality. And this follows this wide-ranging chapter flip back a a page, or maybe it's on the same page, to Hebrews 11. It's known as the Hall of Faith. It even gives a great definition of faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, visible and invisible. Faith is, that chapter says, faith is the stuff of creation. 
Faith was, was present and, and operative when God s- spoke the world into being and called it good, 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 very good. Faith is how Noah created an ark of refuge in a world of judgment. Faith is how Sarah and how Abraham become some of our, our first templates of resurrection, parents of a promise. God's family from nothing. Resurrected vitality from a, from a, a cold and an empty and an old womb. It's by faith that, that Moses led God's people on the way through no way of the Red Sea, liberated towards a, a wandering life with God. It's by faith that Rahab practiced this subversive hospitality. These are all just some of the names that are listed, and it goes on and on and on and on. You might add in some later episodes of faith. It's, it's by faith that some people started a church more than 110 years ago on this corner in Lakewood, when Lakewood was like the southest south point, but, uh, you know, and Lakewood Shopping Center was like where there was a, a, the end of the rail car, and there's a wooden roller coaster and a public pool. That's where people went to go have awesome fun, and, and anything on that side was just the country, right? It's also by faith that some folks started Oak Church here just a little more than eight years ago. It's by faith that we're walking together in this uncertain future with confidence in what, and more importantly, in confidence in who we hope for and an assurance of what we don't see. So sometimes we see it. Sometimes it bursts in and we see it, but mostly we don't see. So we tell stories about lives of faith so that we can become part of this story of God's faithfulness. And I think a little bit of how this happens is, is, is to tell these stories and to, to, to really dig into them is, is, to, is to become like skilled improv actors. Improv actors uh, learn acceptance. They learn how to say yes and. And when we do this, we are receiving what God is doing in the specific circumstances of our lives, and we're not blocking it. We're learning how to do this faithfully. We grow in our ability to recognize God's Spirit surprising us and empowering us and shaping us to faithfully say yes and to each other, to God, to to strangers, to the least of these. Some of the ways we do that is um, by reading our Bibles, by, by immersing ourselves in God's Word so we know the script and we, we faithfully walk in it. So, some of the ways are to know the, the Apostles' Creed, which we'll say together later as a, a confession of our faith. Um, some of this happens in these improvisational moments like our life around the potluck tables or our life in the parking lot yesterday afternoon where you're just um, set in, in a, a, an unknown and for some introverts maybe scary situation where you need to respond and learn what God's yes and is to a neighbor who might be asking a question to you that you have no idea what the answer is. That's how we build resilience. That's how we build appetite, that's how we build confidence to live lives of service and of presence and of friendship and of partnership with neighbors and with kids and with um, the least of these, with the poor. So that's 
what in this coming month we'll have these profiles around scripture and a, a scriptural imagination that we call y'all saints stories. That's what it's all about. Some of these people, these are just the, the visible parts of this cloud that are poking through and bearing witness to God's faithfulness in their place and time. Are, these stories are also about imagining ourselves in this cloud, maybe even invisibly. It's a, it's a beautiful thing that these windows around us have names in them. Uh, you, and it's, I think it's great that some of these names are familiar, like, like Picket Road, you might have taken to get here, Bodners. Um, and uh, Rolls Florist in the back is now Pine State Flowers, right? Uh, the wards, F.A. and F.E. Ward, strange, um, own Long, Long Meadow Dairy, which is where Trosa is, and uh, Ward Street is named after him. There, there, there's one back here, um, uh, the Reverend Hartzell. He was twice their pastor, and I don't know the story behind that. That's my favorite window. <laughs> don't get any ideas. <laughs> but it's good to remember just to have these little mental visual cues that these are real people in real places navigating life with a most real God, not in ideal circumstances, but in the mess and in the tumult of their everyday lives. So um, I invite you to engage in this Y'all Saints series. We started it for a few reasons. First, to, to um, uh, Pastor Meg loves the old song, to, to sing a song of the saints of God is, is one of the reasons. It's so that we become more familiar with this panoply of saints. If you grew up in a more liturgical tradition, this might be uh, a, a little easier for you with patron saints and feast days. But honestly, this phenomenon exists across denominations and traditions and personalities and sensitivities. Um, if you ask like a low church Protestant evangelical, who is inspirational in their faith, and they'll say something like David, or Ruth, or Billy Graham, or Corey Tinboom, right? If you ask a mainline person, they might say something like Moses, or Esther, or Martin Luther King Jr., or Dietrich Bonhoeffer. These are all right answers, and that's kind of the point of this series. Our goal is to widen our experience of this family heritage, to expand our knowledge and imagination in this cloud. Um, another part is to build an imagination for how God shows up in different times and in different places, that these lives aren't museum pieces, but, but lives to interact with, kind of in a, like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, like that, that, that's, these people provide a lens, and, and we can admire them, but we can also at times struggle with them in the way we struggle with each other, right? Or find difference from or find resonance with. Um, another reason uh, for, this, <laughs> for this series is to build an imagination for how big and broad and weird this family is. It's got to be weird. If, you, if it's not weird, you're, you're not looking wide enough, right? <laughs> When the, the first one of these uh, Y'all Saints um, series we did, um, I think in 2016 or 2017, and we we're recognizing an increasingly like polarization and distance and hostility, and we're trying to draw people um, 
closer to, to, to these holy lives and give a vision for, for how God has worked and continues to work and how these lives can bear witness to the Spirit's work of growing us each into Christ-likeness through devotion and action and prayer and healing and participation in God's mission. It felt important that, that, that we, could, we could grow some of this recognition for our family resemblance so that when we turned on the TV, we were able to see like the um, person holding the Bible verse picket sign as a sister in Christ in a long lineage of scripture-led, spirit-filled, prophetic activist saints, even if that's not how our spirituality has been formed. But also that we can better see folks who um, like experience and express their faith in Christ in like quieter and smaller ways as also standing in deep rivers of spirituality of mystics and monastics and mothers of the faith. So you can see there's, there's all this difference in experience and expression of faith. And lastly, the uh, purpose is, is actually to see and to know Christ better. There's this transient, transitive property. Again, I started with science, now I'm in math, and I'm way over my head in both. Stick to the stuff you know, right? But we know Christ by seeing all these little Christs. When the, when the early Christians um, began to be called Christians, it, it, was, it, it was because they were little Christ walking around, exhibiting, refracting what it means to look like and follow Christ in their neighborhoods and in their lives. So um, we know Christ most fully when we, when we know all the, all, all the little corners and and expressions of this weird wide body of this church. Towards the end of John's gospel, Jesus <coughs> prepared his followers for his death and for his departure. And he promised to give them his spirit that wouldn't leave them as orphans. When you have a good good father and the deep love of the spirit-led mother church, you're never alone. So in John 14, he continued and he said, Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live and you will live too. On that day you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them loves me and whoever loves me will be loved by the Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. You, you see that, that Jesus images himself through his church and through all the different parts of his church. So if you got one of these, these handouts, this is kind of your homework sheet. We're, we're going all the way back. Um, you probably never had a teacher that gave you a coloring sheet on the other side. Um, but this is all um, an imaginative exercise to imagine yourself known as a holy one of God. Um, Imagine yourself um, a saint. And the other side has some questions from this Hebrews 11 and 12 roadmap. Some instructions about what it might mean to grow in Christ by the power of the Spirit. Our lives of faith built on the faithfulness of God in Christ can grow because saints aren't born this way. They, they are crafted 
It's good and it's slow work and, and God works with the grain to make us into Christ-like versions of ourself. So you can ask maybe this week, maybe this is good devotional journaling. Maybe there's room on this paper to answer these questions now if something jumps out. When have I experienced a season of endurance? And how is God showing up to me? How is Jesus walking with me? What gifts is the Holy Spirit giving me? What baggage feels really heavy? What, um, 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. So what do you need to offload onto Christ? What sin traps and tangles and grabs at your feet so you can't run? What obscures your vision from fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? Maybe, maybe a, a good um, semi-regular um, question for reflection. How is my faith different than it used to be? What helps my faith grow? What does faithfulness to God look like in this current season? Because it might not look like it has in the past season, and it might not look the same in the next season. How is the Spirit growing faith the size of a mustard seed into something significant? Maybe not something big, but something significant. What, what shame might I need to ignore? It says Jesus ignored the shame to embrace the cross. What helps me remember my own belovedness and belonging in God when I forget? We're forgetful people. How can I see the world through Jesus' embrace of forsakenness and misunderstanding in the cross? How is God working in the midst of suffering in and around me? And then where is it easy to find joy, to experience joy? Where is it hard to experience joy? Where is it impossible? How can I help someone experience joy? And what helps me remember God's joy and delight? Take these questions with you as, as you go today. Maybe slow down and take some time to imagine yourself in this cloud, invisible or visible. Will you all pray with me? God, we thank you for the chance to uh, celebrate a, a milestone, uh, eight years of ministry in this neighborhood and our eighth block party and feast. Um, we think back to all the ways that you've been faithful every step of the way, all the ways that you are building faith in us and around us. Thanks for all the host and helpers along the way yesterday but but for this this whole time thanks for our friends who have moved away from graduation or jobs or family um, we ask your blessing on those alums and friends that we've sent and lord thanks for the cloud of witnesses around us and above us and before us Thanks that we are not set to this work alone, not our church or not each one of us, um, but we are immersed deeply in a world of faith 
and of hope and of love. Uh, Lord, help us um, see the visible parts of that and lean into the invisible parts. Lord, grow our faith. Uh, thanks for Jesus, for your faithfulness. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.